I'm Kale, and I am here all alone, and this is The Spooky and the Skeptic. It's just me, Kale, Miss Spooky. Unfortunately, Kirst is under the weather right now and feeling pretty bad. So you just have to have an episode with just me today. So I apologize to any true crime fans because we ain't doing that true crime stuff today. Um, but if you can, go ahead and wish Kirst uh, get well wishes on our Instagram at Spooky and the Skeptic. And that way, hopefully she can feel well enough to come back next week. So, I don't think we have any orders of business to deal with today. Um, We are going to be doing a spooky episode because we've had a couple hard weeks of just doing true crime with the Oklahoma Girl Scout cases and then um, Franny Adams and then Albert Fish. Like, that's a lot of very hard topics to discuss over and over again. So we're going to switch it up and do a nice little spooky episode. And today we are going to be doing scary games that you can play alone. Ironically, I had this topic picked out before Kirst got sick and made me feel this all by my lonesome. But it kind of works out. So, you know, here we are. So again, we're going to be doing scary games that you can play alone, but you should never actually play. That is your warning. Do not play these games. You'll probably be possessed or die. So 10 out of 10 don't recommend you play them, but it is kind of fun to research. So without further ado, I guess we shall go ahead and hop on in to our first game. The first game that we are going to discuss is called Musical Chairs Alone. We've all played musical chairs, right? I have a vivid memory of playing musical chairs in like Sunday school at church. Like, I remember playing it and, like, sliding right into that chair and winning because I was small. But besides the point. Anyhow, Musical Chairs Alone. We've all heard of it, Musical Chairs. This is a medium risk game. So there's some risk, but it's not as crazy as some of the other ones that we're going to be discussing. Um, so Musical Chairs has different names across different regions. For example, in Italy, it's called the Chair Dance. And in Russia, it's called, it's boring to sit like this. Kind of weird, but you know, you do you, boo. Um, so, I lost my space. So, when you're playing this version of musical chairs alone, you are playing, shockingly, alone. Or so you think. Dun, dun. 
That was really loud. I'm sorry. Um, yes, so you think you're playing it alone, but that may not be the case, as you will see. Um, how to play. You need a dark, quiet room where you're alone, a book of matches, a clock, and a device to play music with. Um, I'm using the same book that I used for my last uh, Scary Games podcast episode, which is Scary Games to Play in the Dark by Lucia Peters. And um, in this, she says that you can play whatever song that you would like to play this game with. However, it is thought that it is best to be played to the song of Tiptoe Through the Tulips from the musical Gold Diggers of Broadway. We all know the song. I'm not going to sing it because I don't feel like it, but we all know it. And that's the song that they highly recommend you play it with because it has that beat that you need to follow. So you want to begin playing this game right after midnight. So as soon as that clock hits midnight, you need to be ready to be playing that game. You're going to start uh, walking around the chair holding an unlit match. And you want to walk around that chair six times. After the sixth circle, you're going to listen very closely. If the music keeps playing, a spirit has entered the room with you, but they don't want to play. You say goodbye, you apologize for being annoying, pack up your stuff, and get out of that room. You can come back in the morning if you want, but don't come back any sooner. And don't look at the chair whenever you leave. So you can try that again some other day if it doesn't work. I mean, I feel like that was a pretty good warning that you shouldn't try the game. But, you know, you do you. Um, I feel like that's going to be a lot of what I say here is, I'm going to warn you, don't play these games. But you do you, because I'm not your mom. So, you can figure it out. Um, continuing, if the music stops after you complete your sixth circle, immediately sit down and quickly light that match as fast as you can. If you successfully light the match, then the game. If, if the match does not light, you lost. The spirit has won. Leave the room immediately and don't you dare look back at that chair. Don't pack up your stuff. You just want to bolt out of there. Do not enter the room again until the sun is up. And use caution when you're in that room from here on out. Or, you know, even around that chair. If you were in that room with the with that chair that you were using to play the game, and it just suddenly decides to fall down, um, leave, leave, you know, burn down your house. It's probably now possessed with a demon because y'all invited it in. But there's not really any benefit to this game that I saw, except that you have, like, an encounter with a spirit. Let me see what Lucia Peters said. Let me pull that up again. Um, yeah, there's no reward. And so you can just play it for laughs and giggles, I guess. Um, I need to stop bumping my cord there. Um, so... Of course, as with any of these games that we are going to study, I decided to go down the Reddit rabbit hole to see what kind of crazy people actually played this game. So we are going to go and read this Reddit from four years ago. And it's from a guy, I'm not going to say the name, even though it's on a public website, so it's probably okay, but I'm going to respect his privacy in case he does not want his name on a podcast. But anyhow. He said he played musical chair, he did the musical chair ritual last night. Um, 
Let me see. He decided to play it in his basement, which I thought was a interesting choice and probably not the wisest on his part, but okay. Um, but he's like, before I even started, it was dark. I made sure it was completely dark in there. And I was in my basement with just the matches and the music and or the device to play the music in the chair. He's like, I had goosebumps before it even started. I'm like, well, you're in the basement in the dark at midnight. I'd have goosebumps too. But whatever floats your rock, I suppose. Um, so he, when he played it, he was only meant to walk around the chair six times to see, obviously, as we said, um, to see if the music stops or keeps playing. He kept, it kept playing and he miscounted. Um, so he lost track of how many times he was walking around that chair. So he kept walking around it and about 30 times he supposes, which you're really messing with the ritual, man. But he's like, the music did finally just stop. In the middle of the song, he was playing tiptoe through the tulips. It just stopped. He quickly sat down and he lit the match to claim the victory. He said that he didn't really experience anything else supernatural or paranormal. He's just had goosebumps on his arms and felt like he was being watched the entire time. This one even, you know, I'm a little, the spooky, spookiness in me doesn't want to be skeptical. But I'm a little skeptical because he didn't follow the ritual exactly. And there's not a whole lot of people who play this game, which is kind of ironic because it, it's a medium risk game, but like, it's not as dangerous as some of the other ones that people are like, out there playing but anyhow he decided that he wanted to post that on reddit and you know here we are so that is how you can play musical chairs all alone so i could play it right now because i'm all alone too oh sigh i miss my partner in crime but anyhow we are going to continue on to a more interesting game, in my opinion. It's actually one that... I don't want to say I'd play, because I'm a scaredy cat. But, it's interesting to think of, and it was very interesting to go down the Reddit rabbit hole. And, I kind of want to watch a YouTube video, but you're not allowed to have your phone to play this game, or a camera or anything, so I don't think anyone could actually record it, but I think it would be pretty cool if they could. Anywho, we are going to talk about the 11 mile road this is a ritual or a game and it's either called 11 miles or the 11 mile road this is a pretty creepy game it's medium to high risk there was not an exact label if it was medium or high risk but it definitely has risk involved so play at your own discretion don't recommend you play but again you do you it's your choice so, to play this game, you first have to have a wish or desire that you most desperately want. Um, if you win your game, you get your wish or desire. It can be either a physical object or just a thought. Like, you could wish to always have a positive attitude, and that could be your wish. Or you could wish to get another cat, and that could be your, your wish, I suppose. Um, but yeah, you have to have that before you can start. Also... There's a few rules to this game. You have to play alone. You are not allowed to leave the car at any time. You cannot listen to music, to podcast, to any kind of music, or 
the radio even. If just a talk show, no. You cannot listen to anything. It has to be dead silent. You are not allowed to use a phone. And you are not allowed to drive faster than 30 miles per hour, which is kind of hard. But, you know, if you're on a back twisted road, I guess it's not terribly hard. Um, so you also have to play at night. I can't remember if I said that, but I'm going to put it out there again. You have to play at night. And to begin, you're going to just start driving. You're going to drive to the woods and start driving through the woods and seeing where it leads you. Eventually, you're going to have a place where you can turn and you're just going to feel if it's right. Apparently, when you play this, you're just going to get a feeling that this is where you're supposed to go to perform the ritual or game. I guess your heart of hearts knows. I don't know. But once you feel that's right, you turn onto that road and you there's no going back now. This begins mile one. During mile one, you're just going to drive. Nothing too crazy is going to happen. You might get cold. Just turn on the heat as needed. No big deal. Keep driving for the mile. Again, not over 30 miles per hour. And no music, which I think I'd go stare crazy because I'm always jamming in my car. But, you know, I guess you have to do whatever you want if you want to get your your wish. Um, You're going to move on and keep driving to mile two. It's going to get colder in your car. And it says to turn on the heat while you have the chance. So, you know, if I were you, I would turn on your heat while you have the chance. Because it makes it sound like you're going to regret that later on if you don't. Again, besides it just keep getting colder, nothing else really happens, so you just keep on driving. Mile three is when crap starts getting weird. You will see shadows in the trees. They will appear and disappear. Ignore them. Don't pay attention to them. Just keep your eyes on the road and keep driving forward. Again, ignore them. Uh, Mile four, you'll start to hear voices. You know, no big deal. Nothing weird there. Just hearing voices talk to you. Ignore them. Do not respond. No matter what they are saying to you, you keep your mouth shut. Keep on driving and keep your eyes on the road. Don't look around. During mile five, ow, sorry, I just bumped the microphone, hehe. <laughs> um, during mile five, the environment around you will begin to change. The trees will begin to fade away, a lake will appear in the distance, and there will be a bright full moon in the sky. Don't pay any attention to it. Ignore it. Keep driving forward. Do not stop. Keep driving. Mile six, the trees that once disappeared will reappear. Don't focus on them. The ma- also during this time, the radio may turn on. Ignore what it says. Do not turn it off. It will keep talking. You ignore it. Do not touch it. Keep driving. Your headlights may also flicker during this time, which just adds a whole new like sense of terror. Again, you're just supposed to keep driving even if you can't see where you're going. So again, by this point, mile six, you're probably really questioning why you wanted to play this game and if you really want your wish or desire this badly. But anywho, you know, headlights flickering, radio telling you crazy crap, trees are reappearing, no big deal. Then you enter mile seven. 
begin to hear voices. They will sound very close to you. You need to ignore them no matter what they are saying. Keep on driving forward. You may feel that those voices are coming from your back seat. Keep driving forward. Do not look behind you at any means. You will regret it. Keep driving forward. Continuing to mile eight. Slow your driving, but never stop. Which at this point, like, (laughs) the whole 30 miles per hour thing kind of sucks because I just want to be flying through there to be done. But this one just says to slow down even more. Don't ever stop, but just slow down. You'll see things and people in front of your car, but don't stop. Your headlights may continue to flicker, but keep driving. Now you're going into mile nine. You know, nothing big will happen during this mile. Your car might just stall, stop in the middle of the road. No big deal. But if it does stall, you need to close your eyes and do not open them. Keep trying to start your car with your eyes closed until it, and just keep trying until it finally starts. Once the car has started again, open your eyes and drive away fast, but not over 30 miles per hour, but fast. Mile 10, don't look in the rear view mirror. Just don't. That's what it told me. That's what I wrote. Don't look in the rear view mirror. Just don't keep driving. Except, you know what's really hard about that mile? Is when someone tells me not to do something, I want to do the complete opposite. Like, don't look in the rear view mirror, so what do you think the first thing is going to be that I'll do? Look in the rear view mirror. But don't, just keep driving. Finally, you have made it to mile 11. Oh, you think this mile will be so heavenly and so easy after all this, don't you? <laughs> so during a mile 11, your car may stall again, but when it stalls, it might keep moving on its own. Just let it keep going. You will approach a red light. When you see this red light, close your eyes, cover your ears. Do not open your eyes despite what you hear, what you feel. If people are tugging at you, you keep those eyes closed and you keep your ears covered. You just keep doing it. Finally, again, remember your car is stalled at this point and it moved itself to the red light. So when the power comes back on in your car, you can open your eyes and drive. You will keep driving until you reach a dead end. Close your eyes and think of your wish. Either your new cat, only positive thoughts, whatever it may be. If it is a physical wish, such as an object like a new cat, you can get out of your car at this point and check the trunk of your car. To me, that sounds a little sketch, like you're going to go to your trunk and someone's going to push you in there and you will never be seen again. Whatever floats your rock, though. If it's not a physical gift or a physical wish, you can go ahead and drive home and just wait for the positive vibes to happen or whatever you wished for. And then that is the end of the 11 mile road. This game like really freaks me out a lot. I honestly, I don't know. It's scary. I would be interesting to know what y'all think of it because it's pretty, pretty intense. So as with other games that I have talked about before, 
again. Here we are going to Reddit. Red the Reddit, yeah. Going to Reddit and under the creepy games section, and we have someone who one year ago played the Eleven Mile Road, and here's what happened. So according to this Reddit redditor who played this Eleven Mile Road game over a year ago now. He decided to write his experience about how it went. So, you know, he did his own thing. He said it did scare him. And probably his wish that he wished for was not worth it. But here we go. Beginning with mile one. He says it took me about 10 to, or 15 to 20 minutes. And he felt absolutely nothing during these 15 to 20 minutes. Then all of a sudden, he had the overwhelming feeling that he was there and he turned onto the right road. During this mile, he just drove. Nothing crazy happened during this first mile except that it did get cold. And remember, that is what is said to happen during mile one. He turned on the heater and kept on driving. He continued to mile two. He said he found himself reaching for the heater on full blast. It must have got pretty cold, which you all know means spirits are around. So, yeah, this seems like you're summoning Satan. So... Again, play at your own discretion. Um, nothing else was uh, unusual, though, except for that it was incredibly cold. Mile three, he said he saw a purse walk person walking along the right side of the road with a backpack. He said it looked like a real human just doing their normal thing on, the, on a normal day, playing on his phone, and just kept walking. He said it felt very normal. He did what he was told. He kept driving and did not look. He saw nothing else. Mile four. Oh, this poor soul. He said mile four is where this uh, crap got weird for me. If you know what I'm saying, he did not actually say crap. But here we are. Um, he said he started to feel very weird about choosing to play this game. Um, he said he drove past a small clearing from the trees. And he thought he heard a fist hit his window. And he heard someone shouting his name. He said it sounded like it was right outside of his window. He has no explanation. He kept driving. He's like, I was shaking and I sped up. He thought about turning around at this point, but he knew that he would probably die if he did. So he kept driving forward. Mile five. After all that craziness, he's like, nothing crazy really happened during mile five. This is whenever he started to calm down and feel at peace again. He thought he was going to make it through at this point. And then we moved to mile six, which he writes, nope, 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 nope. Never playing this game again. Yeah. At this point, I'd be like, I'm out. Goodbye. Take me spirits. He said his headlights shut off a total of three times. He slowed down, but did not stop during all this. The road was curvy and he went through it in the dark mostly because his headlights were out. He actually thought they burned out because they never came back on for one to two minutes. Um, suddenly, his radio turned on during this time to AM station, so, or an AM channel, which he says he never listens to, because let's be honest, most of us listen to FM radio. If you still listen to radio, that's another topic that I'm not going to go down. But anyhow, he said it turned on, scared the crap out of him. He didn't really pay attention to what it was saying, and he forgot that he was playing the game, so he turned off the radio. And he's like, I after I turned it off, I remembered I wasn't supposed to do that. And he wonders if that affected how the rest of his trip went. So after all that craziness happens, 
he enters mile seven. He said nothing crazy happened during this mile except it sounded like an acorn or something was thrown in his car. Nothing out of the norm, out of the ordinary. Mile eight. Nothing happened again, but he was scared and he had tears in his eyes streaming down his face. He had a feeling that he was being watched. He felt like someone was right behind his ear looking at me and waiting for something. I kept waiting to hear someone start screaming. Mile nine. My car stalls. Yep, it happened. The one thing I thought that won't happen. Oh, baby. That's a direct quote, by the way. He closed his eyes as tight as he could, as per the instructions of the rules, and he's screaming. I kept trying to start my car with my eyes closed, and finally it starts, and I take off. I don't know if anything else happened. I just kept going and screaming the entire time. Me too, bruh. I didn't see anything, but I swear I heard laughing at some point. That I did not read last night, but that is very unsettling. Oh, I don't like that. Okay. You heard laughing. In my memory, I can't really pinpoint exactly when I heard the laughing. That kind of is freaky, like you dissociated or something. Uh, mile 10, he's still freaking out. He's crying. He, he doesn't hear or see anything, though. He was just pretty much really trying to convince himself that it was all a coincidence and all these things were just random events. And totally normal. There's nothing to be afraid of. Mile 11. He sees the red light. I close my eyes. Or he closes his eyes. Because I'm honestly not sure if it counts. I guess he went to a literal tra traffic light. Which is what I was assuming. I don't know what they're thinking otherwise. But he found the red light. And he closed his eyes. He kept his eyes closed. And um, he just kept them closed. Until he felt like he could open them. When he opened it, he felt like he never experienced any fear this entire time. He felt fine. He felt great. He said he felt it was strange because he went from crying to feeling at peace. He closed his eyes again. He made his wish. It wasn't a physical thing. And then he turned around and went home. He, at this point, it says he was about eight hours since his game and he's still waiting for his wish to happen. And in all of the comments, he never wrote if his wish actually happened. So, if it happened, um, Reddit user Spooky um, let us know if you listen to this or comment on this because we're all kind of curious now if you are alive. But that, my friends, is the 11 mile road ritual. Bum, bum, bum. Now we shall move on to another game, our final game to be discussed here. But we're going to take a moment to breathe, so take a couple deep breaths with me. We are about to enter the last game of this episode, and it is known as the elevator game. We're going to start by talking a little bit about elevators because you know I know y'all came to this podcast to get an education about elevators why else would you be here except to hear about the history of all of this so elevators might seem like it is a recent invention but it's actually not true they've been around since 1852 um and 
what was the 1852? Oh, so it's before 1852 because in 1852, an elevator was equipped with an emergency brake that would prevent the car from plummeting to the bottom of the shaft should the rope break. That's terrifying. I don't know about you all, but I hate elevators and I work in a hospital right now. So I'm on an elevator all the time with patients and it's my biggest fear that I'm going to be stuck in the elevator and have to be the mature, calm one in that situation. Like, no, thank you. That sounds terrifying and not really what I ever want to experience in life. So, yeah, continuing. Um, the first safety elevator was installed in a five-story department store in New York in 1857. And this, like, paved the way for skyscrapers to um, be developed because now you had elevators and you didn't have to walk up a million flights of stairs. Um, obviously, elevators have continued to advance in history. They're, they're everywhere. And um, finally, in 2011, so this game was invented not too long ago, um, a little over 10 years ago, but... In Korea, they decided to create this game called the Elevator Game, also known as the Elevator Ritual, the Elevator to Another World, and uh, or the Elevator to Hell. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, so this is pretty intense. Obviously, you know, some hotels and some buildings, well, hotels specifically, like different locations have superstitions about floors and like hauntings and all that with floors which reminds me okay side note before we keep going i was just at a hotel um when i was in texas for my school and i was like going to my floor whatever doing my thing it was a very fancy hotel big hotel and i get there and i'm going up to my room and i get on the elevator and i look at the buttons on there there are 13 floors y'all don't they know that is bad luck to have 13 floors? I mean, it was, and it just stopped at 13. It wasn't like they did 13, 14, 15. No, their final floor they decided to make was floor 13. Tell me that is not just asking for a haunting. But anyhow, um, during my last day there, me and, my, me and one of my friends, we got on the elevator and decided to go up to the 13th floor to see what it was like, to see if it was, like, really creepy because of this. We get up there, and mind you, I'm in Dallas, Texas, during that giant rainstorm that hit. We get up there, we get off the elevator, start walking down the hallway with an eerie feeling, and we see it. The ceiling. Drip. 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 Just dripping water. Yeah, we left immediately, got on the elevator, went back down to the lobby because we were like, no, nah, that's suspicious and we don't really want to walk any further. So we just got on and walked away because, yeah, bye is what I thought of that. Anyhow, yes, but anyhow, that was the point of the 13th floor. And that's, um, English speaking countries are the ones that usually believe that's unlucky. But other cultures also believe weird stuff too, like East Asian nations, um, don't like the fourth floor and in Italy the 17th floor is considered unlucky so I guess it just depends on your cultural and ethnic background now that you have had your lovely elevator history we are going to begin talking about the elevator game this is a high-risk game the objective is to visit another world 
and the reward is one hell of a trip, according to Lucia Peters. So, the elevator game. As I mentioned previously, it was developed in 2011 in Korea, um, and it's sometimes called the elevator ritual, the elevator to another world, or the elevator to hell. How do you play, you ask? Choose a building with at least 10 floors and an elevator. Those are your prerequisites right there. 10 floors and an elevator. You must play at night because you need to be alone. And if you play at night, there's less chance that people are going to be getting on and off these elevators. Before you even begin playing the game, you need to memorize this number sequence. 4, 2, 6, 2, 10, 5. Memorize that before you get on. You don't want to forget that sequence. It is very important. Once you feel like that you... Once you feel that you have memorized the sequence, you are going to call the elevator to the ground floor and get on, saying goodbye to the world as you know it. Okay, that was a little dramatic, but you know, here we are. Remember that sequence of numbers that I just told you to memorize that y'all probably already forgot already? Yeah. You want to use those, and those are the number of floors that you're going to go, the number floor you are going to go to. So starting, you're going to go to floor four you don't get off whenever it stops you just immediately hit the next number and in this case it was immediately hit two and continue on you get to floor two you hit six you get to six you hit two again you get to two you get you hit ten you get to ten you hit five once you have hit the fifth floor and you have arrived a young woman may enter the elevator with you do not look at her do not talk to her she is not what she seems. She is not a young woman. She is most likely a demon. Do not communicate with her in any way. After you have made it to the fifth floor and all that weirdness has happened, you want to hit the button to floor number one. If it descends back down to floor number one, the ritual did not succeed. You can try again some other time if you want. Or I'm pretty sure if it doesn't succeed, that is your warning never to try it again. But you know, you do you. Back to that theme. Once you, but however, if you hit the one floor and it ascends to the 10th floor, you have succeeded. But don't celebrate quite yet. When you get to the 10th floor, you can either stay on the elevator or get off once the doors open. If you stay on, you just want to keep hitting the one or ground floor until you go down. This might take several times. The elevator may just not want to go back down, so you will keep hitting that one button until it works. Stay patient with it. Eventually it will, but it's going to take some time. Of course, because you know those spirits like to mess with you. If you decide to get off the elevator and explore this new world that you have entered, be careful not to drift too far away and lose your way. Oh yeah, remember that lady on the fifth floor that hopped on and I told you don't look at her, don't talk to her? Still don't look or talk to her, but when you get off and maybe start exploring, she will ask you where you're going. Don't respond, don't look. Do your thing and get out of there. If you choose to explore and once you are finished seeing whatever there is to see, you want to go back to that same elevator that you came from. You cannot take a different elevator. It has to be the same one that you arrived from. 
arrived on. You are going to, I lost my place in my notes. Oh, the same elevator. You want to go back and you remember that sequence of numbers again from the beginning that you memorized? You better memorize them because you are going to use them again to transport you back to your normal world. So you're going to go to floor, floor four, then two, then six, then two, then ten, then five. Again, when you get to five, if you see the lady with that got on the elevator, or if she's still in the elevator with her, with you, still don't talk to her, still don't look at her, don't do it. After you reach the fifth floor, you want to hit the button for floor one again. The elevator will start to go to floor ten. You want to hit any floor number on the button pad to s- stop the ascension of the elevator to floor ten. Once you stop it, you'll go back down to floor one. Once you've arrived back to floor one, look around before you get off the elevator. Everything may seem normal, but it may not be. Make sure you are absolutely positive that everything seems as it should before you get off. And once you get off that elevator, they recommend that you never use it again. So you better hope you're your hotel room or wherever you are isn't on like the 24th floor because you will be using those stairs and that is how you play the elevator game 10 out of 10 do not recommend so some of you i know kirst actually knows this story pretty well but some of you have probably heard of the tragic story of elisa lamb from 2013 and it is thought that her tragic death was a result of playing the elevator game. I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. So, Elisa Lamb was a college student who was traveling by herself, and she had just arrived in Los Angeles in 2013. She uh, went to the hotel of Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles, and while she was there, she was checking with her family. Things were going okay. She did have a roommate at that time, but her roommate called the front desk of the hotel and said, my roommate is weird, place her alone. So Elisa Lamb, she got her own room. When did she, again, she was 21. She was last seen on January 31st, 2013. 19, 19 days? No. Several days later, several days after Lamb was last seen, her parents reported her as missing because she was usually checking up with them on a daily basis and it was very unlike her not to check up on check in with them so also during this time as they were searching for her and nothing was being found um guests started to complain about the water pressure in their showers and saying that their sink water was black and just all kinds of weird stuff was happening So finally, a maintenance man was like, all right, you know, this is ridiculous. He goes up to the roof, opens one of the water tanks on top of the hotel, and sees Lamb's body just floating in there. And she was pronounced dead, obviously, at that point. So how does Lamb's, um, how does Lamb's death relate to the elevator game? Well... There are some severe, there is a surveillance footage of Lamb 
acting very strange on an elevator in the Cecil, Cecil Hotel. Um, in the video, you can see her pressing a bunch of numbers when she first gets on. And at one point, she peeks her head on and off. On to the floor and off to the floor. Kind of jumping in and out, acting weird. At one point, she is gesturing like she is talking to someone, but there's no one else to be seen in that elevator. After that elevator footage is found, that's the last that we have ever seen of her. So it is thought that that is how she passed. By playing the elevator game, I don't know if she looked at the lady who got on the fifth floor, or she something in that new world, or some kind of paranormal activity swept over her, but it is thought that's how she died, because again, her autopsy showed no violence or heart foul play or assault. She died because she drowned. That's what the autopsy found. So how did she even end up in that water tank? It's still unsolved, obviously. We have our skeptics out there who are like, no, she wasn't playing that game, but it is. It lines up pretty well. And I honestly have a hard time thinking of any other way that this could have happened. And yeah. So that, my friends, is the conclusion of this episode. Thank you. I need to breathe. Ooh, it's a lot of talking when it's just you. I think I need to go take a nap now. But anyhow, thank you for listening and dealing with just me and dealing with my spookiness. Again, all these games that I have told you about, please don't play them. If you do, don't blame me for any weird crap that will occur. Because we all know it will because spirits like to mess with you. So, again, thank you so much for listening. And again, wish Kirst some well wishes on our Instagram at Spooky and the Skeptic or on TikTok at Spooky and the Skeptic. Um, again, let us know either in the comments on our podcast or on Instagram or on TikTok what kind of things you want to see uh, hear about next on our podcast and we will do our best to meet your your needs. Um, Alright, my friends, and I guess with that, I will talk to you next week. Bye!